Greetings, greetings, so good to be with you another time. And we're here for another journey in the Word of God. Today, this message is entitled, The Weightier Matters. That's right, this message is entitled, The Weightier Matters. And our scripture setting is Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. And it reads, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithes of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought you, or these ought ye rather, to have done, and not to leave the other undone. The reading of God's word is already blessed. Now this topic comes courtesy of our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ, and it comes right out of this verse that I just read out of Matthew chapter 23, and it is, as I said, the weightier matters. Now what does that translate to? The matters that I believe carry the most weight, and by that we mean the most important. Now you have to understand now, when our Lord entered the scene, there was an abuse of the people of God going on. In particular, the Jews were operating primarily under the doctrines of men, being stewarded by the Sahedrin Council, the religious leaders, and the high priests of that time. In other words, they were so steeped in what they were doing that when our Lord, the living word, appeared on the scene, which is a representation of the law of God, when he appeared on the scene, they could not recognize him. Because the truth was, they were so indoctrinated in what their uh, forefathers, in particular the rabbis, had transcribed to them, that they took the transcription of the rabbis over the written Torah. So I want you to see how serious this was. And I believe that this spirit is prevalent today. And as we see the Lord Jesus confronted these men, and this is basically one of his discourses with them on basically how bad it was. And I believe that we have a responsibility as children of the kingdom of God to confront those that are in error as it relates to the stewardship of the things of God and the people of God. I don't believe the, the whole the mantra of touch not mine anointed. The truth is we are all his anointed. No one is of a, or of exclusive class and untouchable. We have got to be a defender of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the greatest ways that we defend it is by standing up for the things that Jesus stood up for. So here is our Lord in action. Let's dive into the story. So he says to them, now I want you to see what the Lord says to them. Woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye tithe of mint, anise, and cumin, 
and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. So what he's saying to them is, um, you're basically fleecing the people so much that you want a tithe of everything. Even the most insignificant of things. In particular, he uses the example of mint, anise, and cumin, which are but just herbs. All they are is some herbs that you would have around the house. He is basically showing how dire the situation was. These men wanted a piece of everything. They they were like uh um, those people you see in the mafia movies I'm sorry I have to use this example but I want you to get the picture you know when they're charging property tax and they go around and they're like collection agencies and every week or every month you gotta pay them something or else they're gonna burn your place down or they're gonna persecute you and I believe this is of the nature that was happening it was so bad in the kingdom of Israel at this time, these men of God that were supposed to be representing God were fleecing the people. And I believe, like I said earlier, the spirit carries over today. But it goes further. He says, you should have observed the weightier matters, which are judgment, mercy, and faith. So what? how were they were supposed to observe judgment, you may ask? They should have seen that a lot of these people that were they were fleecing could not afford it. And that because they could afford it, these men weren't um, um, poor and destitute. These were lawyers of, and of the sort. These were men of renown. So they should have, instead of taking to the people, they should have made provision to make sure that these people had and that these people were provided for that's where mercy would have came and instead of trying to tithe of every or to fleece these people of everything that they had you should have had mercy and said well you know we don't need it of this or we don't need it of that but the truth is they were blinded by greed and the greatest i believe one of the greatest of the three that our lord mentioned is faith they it was as if these Pharisees and Sadducees, this council had no faith in God. So what they did was they fleeced the people. And I and I and I thought this to be a very important point of emphasis, even as we relate to modern day. When you consider the faith movement, for the most part, the emphasis of faith is placed on the parishioner. You have faith to give that $1,000 seed. You have faith to give your mortgage and your rent money, and God is going to provide it. And the list goes on. The parishioners provoked to have this faith, and it appears that the establishment is left just to be a collector on behalf of the parishioner's faith. It is time that the establishment, in, in turn, exhibit some of their faith and give to the destitute and give to the poor and the widow as the word of God requires that we do even when you check the law out Leviticus 27 throughout and all the scriptures that deal with the law and tithing you would see that there were provisions made for these marginalized group like the widow the poor the maimed these were the ones that besides the Levites that benefited from the tithing and the collections. So, 
faith was in action more in the law than now in the time that Jesus has arrived and in the modern day church I believe today. I'm not saying that every establishment falls under this under this guise. There are some that I believe that take um, good care of their membership. I believe they exist, but I believe that those establishments are far and in between. The majority of the body fall into this state where people are losing homes, um, they can't pay mortgages, they can't pay rent, there's no food in their cupboard, and the only thing they hear somebody tell them is give me a love offering, give me a tithe, give me this, and just you give me, and there's no giving coming from the establishment in return. And I've said it in messages in the past, and I feel compelled to say now, it's a, it's a, it's a show of poor stewardship because the true steward is supposed to have stuff stocked up for the time of famine, so that you can disperse to those that are in need. People that have mortgage issues and rent issues and all of the issues, health issues, they should be able to come to the establishment, the assembly, the church of God, and say, hey, this is my need. And you shouldn't hesitate to exhibit judgment, mercy, and faith, and to give on to them, not saying, oh, well, you know, the church or the establishment has this overhead and we can't afford. You cannot afford to leave these people destitute because it's a poor reflection on this institute that is to be of God. So our Lord, like you see how I'm pretty much defensive about this. This was the attitude I believe our Lord Jesus had. And this was one of the main reasons they had a problem with him because he was instituting again the word of God. This was how it was supposed to be done. What Jesus was saying to these people was not, not, was not something that was foreign. This was something that was already written in the Word of God. The law of God required for this to be done. So, he says, These ye ought to have done, and not to leave the other undone. So, I'm not saying, now, I, I, want, I want you to hear this, this, this disclaimer. I have no problem with tithing. I believe that it's a perfect or great example of uh, stewardship. I believe that it's a it's a great way that people can accurately and adequately disperse their their wealth and their resources onto not only to the establishment or the or the assembly, but to others that are in need. But I believe that it doesn't mean that we should not hold those to whom we've given our resources to accountable. I believe that that's wasting. If you're just giving blindly and nobody's given an account, no organization that is successful operates that way. So how can you how can you tell allow somebody to tell you just give me a tithe and offering and don't worry about it. It's not your business. That is not biblical, and I'm telling you, it's it's of the devil. It's not of God. So not only did Jesus say it's you know. These things are important. The church has a budget. It has all of these things. Lights have to be on, water and all of these things. We know that goes without saying. But you should not put those things above the care and the welfare of the people. And there are many, even under the sound of my voice, that are dealing with this today. That 
they can't pay their rent they can't put food in their cupboards but yet somebody's barking at them telling you will of man or of god and we know that that scripture has nothing to do with you robbing god it isn't for it, the scripture wasn't addressed to you it was addressed to the levites and the priests of that time of malachi that were truly robbing god of the tithing and offering and as a result god had pronounced a curse upon them and the, and the deal was god was saying look if you revert from how you've been robbing me because in the time of the law the Levites collected the tithe and it went to the temple and the dispersion that I discussed earlier between the, the Levite, the widows, the maimed and the lame and all of these people, the poor, were done. So not only the Levites benefit, let's just say for argument's sake, the Levites were the only one that benefits from the tithing and offering. Well, there are no Levites today and there's no temple. So why is tithing still being collected? And if there's no Levites, who's who's benefiting? When we now are kingdom of kings and priests unto God. When we are the royal priesthood of peculiar nation, a chosen generation. So we are supposed to benefit of that. It's not just exclusively for any one person. And I believe one of the greatest arguments that I've seen, even if I move on to my next point, is show me where Jesus paid the tithe is there anybody that can show me where Jesus paid the tithe and I would stand corrected but there is nowhere in the scripture that he paid so what I'm saying is that we have heaped a burden on people we've pronounced a curse on others that doesn't belong to them and that is in and that is in actuality dispensational and it belonged to the Levites. But I want to move on because the truth is prosperity is actually rooted in the spirit. Now, listen to 3 John 1 and 2. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. So, God has not come just to give us a kingdom or, or a message of prosperity for um, our souls and our minds we know we're going to heaven so hey we should be satisfied with, with the pennies and and what's not happening here and let everybody else just fleece us and get rich don't doesn't matter who's getting rich of your tithe and your offering you know that's not your business you know uh, just give it blindly and no he says I wish says, beloved I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospered. So this is the, uh, the identity of every citizen of the kingdom of God. God wants us to prosper in all areas of our existence. But the truth is, we perish for lack of knowledge. And once you can be manipulated, you become an outcast and you become a problem. And even you are treated as a cancer. Because if, if many others are infected with this truth, they are going to rise up in opposition. But it's time that we reclaim our rightful position. Am I saying to boycott the house of worship? Am I saying to not to assemble yourselves together? Some do. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying it's time to take accountability. 
And we do that in part by holding those accountable that are benefiting from our resources. So we're dealing with spiritual deficiency. It's one of the greatest things that I believe that has plagued the body of Christ. And we and in order for us to be deficient, we've got to benefit, not in part, but we need benefits from all the things that God has set up. Uh, listen to Luke chapter 21, verses 1 to 4. It says, And he looked up and saw the rich man casting their gifts into the treasury. And he also saw a certain poor widow casting into the two mites. And he said, Of a truth I say unto you, that this poor widow has cast in more than they all. For all these have of their abundance cast in unto the offerings of God. But she of her penury has cast in all the living that she has. And I've, I've always liked this story for the mere fact that it's a picture of God saying, the true picture of things you know I don't believe that this depicts the person overseeing the offering collecting the offering no this depicts what God truly sees and knows the lawyers that came before the lady Jesus saw them and he understood what their bank accounts were like and to the outward eye or to the average man it looked like they were casting in great amounts of offering they probably were making the priest grin and giggle on the side as they saw but Jesus was able to see that this was just a chip off the iceberg that there was so much more behind what they were casting in but this widow with the mites Jesus said that she is casting all her living now i want you to marry that with matthew 23 and i want you to see god's true view on things now we may have looked at this scripture and said okay so that lady is giving her last so we in turn should follow i'm sure there are many preachers that have used that you know this lady is giving her last and everything so we should follow in um like her and give her last you know we should give our last too we shouldn't be like the lawyers and the doctors before her that only threw in a portion of what they had that's not just the gist of it marry this passage with matthew 23 and see what jesus was actually saying the weightier matters were being missed this lady only had two mites and these lawyers that were and doctors that were rich and had abundance they they were just casting in in of their abundance but this lady she didn't have anything all she had was the two mites and she was giving it and, and God was pleased because ultimately she was giving it unto God but where was the support or oh, where was the priest that knew and you know because think about it now Jesus is not the only one that knows the priest knows too he has some knowledge just as much as he knows that doctors and lawyers have millions upon billions he, he must know that this woman doesn't have much but at the same time she's on the giving end and not on the receiving end notice the story doesn't make mention of anyone 
giving back to her. But I'm sure that she's been giving all that she had from the very beginning, but has but hasn't received. Wouldn't the story have been so more triumphant if it had showed those that were greatest that had so much abundance and resources replenishing her or even if the the replenishing came from the temple from which she gave and um, ladies and gentlemen there are some weightier matters collecting tithing and offering is important because the, the establishment the assembly needs it but the people that are giving of their tithing and offering they have need too they're not just um, they're not just your golden gooses that are expected to produce a golden egg, a golden egg. Sorry, at moments notice, but they have needs too and desires that are unfulfilled. And and yes, I I've, I've often felt it, and I know that I am the voice of the voiceless. There are some of them that are right now. They are afraid to speak on their behalf because the truth is they've been under this oppression from their very inception. There's some of them that are robots that move at your beck and call and they have no true existence of their own. They have no true life of their own. They don't possess their own. But their main agenda is to make sure that you are taken care of. Their man and woman of God have the best. Their children are going to the best schools, but on but in turn, what's happening on their behalf? Who's considering their mortgages, their rents, their car notes, and their health benefits? And it's time out for this, ladies and gentlemen. The word of God did say, as I reiterated earlier, that my people perish for lack of knowledge. And it's time for us, even as knowledge has increased, it's time for the children of the kingdom to rise up. And to understand that there are some weightier matters. You do matter. You're not an afterthought. You're not just there to be somebody's pension fund or somebody's main supplier. And I think one of the greatest things that we've got to get away from this is to those that are at the helm, the parishioner has become their God because. The parishioner has become their supplier. They look to the parishioner by faith. They don't look to God by faith. And, and, I, and I want to prove it with this last illustration. When we have a need, or when the parishioner has a need, they are taught to look to God, but give to the assembly or the establishment. But when the assembly or the establishment has a need, they look to the parishioner. So I want you to really look at that scenario. When, in, when, when the truth is, as the one at the helm, you should have more faith than those in the, in, or those that are the parishioners rather. You should be the one looking to God and yet the true definition I believe of that is looking on those that have needs. That's the true mark of a shepherd. He looks on those that have needs on his sheep and he administers to their needs in word and in deed. 
and he puts their needs above his and I believe that this is a missing element among the body of believers that's why so many are dealing with church hurt and have a difficulty of getting over it because they've given their all and they have nothing to show for it and they've just been told suck it up and get over it but I'm here to tell somebody that that's not the attitude that Jesus had but he addressed the issues because to whom much is given much is required we aren't supposed to just allow people to trample the sheep of God and we just tell them to suck it up and get over it we've got to ask them to repent and amend their ways because the time of judgment is coming but ladies and gentlemen there are some weightier matters to consider and the weightiest and the weightier matters sorry are justice mercy and faith in our God you'll be blessed and encouraged blessings on you <laughs>